good to go. Are we recording on both those cameras? Jordan, we've been talking about flashing the PDK gang signing. You haven't, you didn't do it. And so now I'm sitting here looking weird. Come on, Jordan. I got to see it now. Brad Nottingham said it wasn't good. It wasn't good, but I mean, you got to come up with something instead of just saying, hey, yeah, we're good. We're recording. What's a good gang sign for PDK? Well, I am from Idaho. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> All the gang, I have no clue, man. You All of one. you listeners you out there, you need to submit a different, submit a gang sign. <laughs> exactly. We should be asking Alani. We should ask Alani. Alani, uh, you know Alani? I don't know Alani. Oh, dude. Alani is like running the show. Alani is awesome, but she, she grew up in Compton. Oh, nice. So, yeah, Perfect. She, she knows what to do. She we'll knows say. how to handle herself. She does. I gotcha. Yeah. Perfect. Anyways. We are here on the Big Access Podcast, and as you guys can see, we are once again no longer in our studio. It's been a, this is actually three weeks in a row that we have not been in studio. We've been out actually on site at different locations filming these podcasts, and today we are in Rexburg, Idaho, at the headquarters of Evo Smart Security. So really excited about this. We're actually here filming another case study, uh, which we're really excited about, and we're going to talk to you guys about that today in this episode. Um, but before we dive into that, I want to make sure that we take time to introduce our guests. So we got Chet Taylor and then Nick. I don't know your last name, Nick. Dees. Nick Dees. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Rick Dees. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, why don't we go ahead and have each one of you guys kind of introduce yourself and uh, what your position is with Evo. And uh, yeah, let's go from there. So Chet, let's start okay. with you. So I'm Chet Taylor. Uh, currently, I'm the president CEO of uh, Evo, Evo Smart Security, EvoCom. We go by many names. Um, I've been with the company since inception, one of the founders. I do most of the sales. I do all of the, the bidding, quoting, um, but all of the smarts behind Evo is Nick D's. Yeah. So I handle operations, uh, lead technician, everything like that. Uh, so learning PDK, how it gets installed, configured, everything like that. It's kind of been my process with the access control portion. Right on. Right on, right on. Jordan's telling us you got to talk closer to the microphone. So How's this? There you go. <laughs> um, well, no, that's awesome. And so tell me a little bit more about Evocom, how you guys got started, what your guys' main form of business is, kind of how you guys go about doing everything. So... The way that Evocom got started was 100% by necessity for myself. Yeah. Okay. So I was a door-to-door guy for 15 years. I've got five daughters, a wife. I coach high school football. I was done traveling. And so I actually worked with another company for about a year to learn the commercial industry. And then we started Evocom so that I could stay home in Idaho um, and started selling. Our, our main form of business right now, um, three, three verticals, I guess you'd say, we've got... Um, Security, Berg, uh, we've got access control, and we've got CCTV. Um, our kind of go-to-market strategy is networking. Yeah. So I grew up in this area um, down in Idaho Falls, about 30 miles south of here. And I've been here my entire life except for every summer for 15 years in a two-year LDS mission. Um, so I know a lot of people um, through coaching, through just living in the area. And so I just started networking and uh, finding people's issues and trying to find a way to fix them. Um, we brought Nick on at inception. He was actually with the previous company learning it, um, before. And, uh, Nick is a guy that is 
flexible when pressed hard enough. Yeah. Um, so we would <laughs> we would find people's pains, and I would always say, as a, and they'd pass uh, it on to me. Yes. Nice. <laughs> as the consummate salesman, I would always say, "Yeah, we can fix that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Nick. How are you going to fix it? it? That seems uh, that seems like your typical salesman type jargon. We we did an episode not too long ago with a, a company down in Utah and. It's funny the uh, the project manager said the exact same thing. He's like, "Yeah, I uh, I try to make what the sales team said pos- is possible. I try to make it possible." So, do you feel that way, Nick? The amount of stuff I've got dragged into is unreal. <laughs> but <laughs> it always makes it work. It's been good. It's been good. It's been a good learning experience for sure. Yeah, that's definitely broadened like my knowledge of certain things. Well, I, that's one of the cool things that I have learned too is that. It is crazy at how many things are actually possible when you just think about it in a different way, right? I mean, on my side, in the you know, I I come from the distribution selling side to then being a regional sales manager myself, that to now being on the marketing side, and there are so many projects or so many things that I'm just you know that people ask if it can be done. The answer is always yes. Let's figure out how. And so the amount of research that yet that goes into that or the amount of work that has to go into putting something together is pretty crazy sometimes. But that is one thing that I've learned is anything is possible. So with, with Nick, I'm a firm believer as well. I always just say yes. And then he's the one that does the research <laughs> and figures it out. Lots of late nights. L- for lots sure. of late nights. For sure. That's good. But do you enjoy those? When it works. When it works. Yeah. <laughs> when I can't figure it out and I'm sitting there flipping through a manual, looking on Reddit or something else, trying to find some shred of like knowledge that's when I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be worth it. Yeah. But when it, when it works out in the end, it's great for sure. How often does it not work out? Very rarely. It's uh, like we, we've say. had, we've had good success figuring out some way. It may not be the way we originally planned, mm-hmm. but we have figured out some solution and, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, we've had to go back and tweak that solution because maybe we finally figured out something better that we yeah. figured, Hey, this is going to be a better solution for this long term. Not so much of a band-aid fix. Sometimes we do have those band-aid fixes and to, like to buy us time until either manufacturing or something else comes out with a new product or offering. That's awesome. So that's way cool. Well, we are here in Rexburg filming a, a really cool case study with you guys. We're starting here doing the podcast and then we're going to go and head over to a bunch of different locations that you guys have installed PDK on. And we're really excited to talk about uh, this this ability to manage multiple sites, you know, from their corporate headquarters, which is in Idaho Falls, not too far from here. But this is Idaho, and uh, they're a instant mashed potato company. Yeah, you you probably recognize them. Uh, the the brown boxes that says Idaho and on it, they're they're delicious. I eat way too many of them, and with Thanksgiving just around the corner, I guarantee you. I'm going to eat like a whole box of these things. Amen. But, uh, but yeah, so they, it's going to be a really cool case study. So, uh, talk to me a little bit about how you guys went about starting the, uh, I guess the relationship with Idaho and how you guys won that bid and then how you guys have gone about installing that to secure a crap ton of stuff. I mean, we're talking over a million square feet, uh, between all their facilities. We're talking over 200 doors. We're talking over 1400 employees. I mean, this is a full-on enterprise solution that you guys have had to put together. Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, the introduction came, their previous safety manager had reached out for a bid. Um, when it came across my desk, I was excited about it because I knew the CEO on a, on a personal level. Um, he's since moved on. They've got a new CEO that came in uh, doing a fantastic job. They brought him over from Campbell's Soup. Um, 
but the previous CEO, I had known him through sports. Oh, right? cool. Um, I'd coached his kids, fantastic individual. Um, but I wasn't able to leverage that relationship at the beginning. He's, he was really good at saying, Hey, my people have autonomy. That's why I've hired them. They're going to do their due diligence. So we went in and we met with seven engineers and the safety manager and just kind of went over all the pains that they were having. We said, Hey, we don't want the whole thing up front. Let us take on your R and D facility. There were seven doors, maybe nine doors at the time. Um, and we took that project on, we won the bid, um, for a couple of reasons. We were bidding a cup uh, against another three or four, uh, companies it came down to us and one other. Mm -hmm. Um, we are in the business of there's enough work for everybody out there. So we don't ever say anything bad about any other companies. Yeah. Um, unfortunately that company didn't talk great about us. They wanted to kind of sling mud. And that was the main reason we won the the bid is because they wanted to throw us under the bus, say we weren't this or that or the other. We couldn't deliver. Um, they didn't know that we had Nick on our team and he always delivers. <laughs> so uh, they, they were wrong in that aspect. And uh, we won the bid and we've just grown and cultivated the relationship based on a few things. Um, w when we started this, my big thing was we're going to be customer driven. We're going to make sure that when we do this project, we will order an extra of everything, have it on the shelf. And we're going to guarantee a 24-hour response time. Nice. So if they had any issue, whether it was with PDK or any of their other products we did, we would have on hand whatever product was failing or malfunctioning within 24 hours of their call, Nick's team would be on site fixing the issue. Dude, that is customer service right there, man. That's awesome. And, and, and you know, we were, you talk, we're talking about the other company that was going to bid against you guys and how they were bringing up negative things and, you know... Have you ever heard of trait transference? It's a uh, it's something new that I was I was learning about, and it's it's basically the impression that people get by reading negative responses. And when somebody comes to you and tells you something negative, oftentimes it generates a negative feeling, not about the thing that they were talking about, but about the person telling it. And so, oftentimes, that's a big reason why businesses who go with negative marketing tactics don't ever do well. And so that's why, you know, same here with here at PDK, we never want to talk bad about a competitor. There's a lot of good products out there. There, there are. Uh, and a lot of people do things right. I feel like PDK does things better. But you never want to talk bad about a competitor because then it does create, you know, bad environments. Yeah. Amen. I, I coach high school football, like I mentioned. Um, it's the same when it comes to competition, right? Yeah. I will never give them bulletin board material. I eat it up. So when they were talking bad about us, I oh, said, yeah. okay, one, I'm going to keep the receipt of that, right? For and, sure. and every time we go to bid, I'm going to win the bid and we're going to outservice you. Um, we might not be the cheapest. We don't ever want to be the cheapest, right? You have to cut a corner somewhere if you're going to be the cheapest, mm -hmm. but we're going to give the customer a way better experience every single time. And that that's all credit to Nick and his team. I mean, they are fantastic at customer service. Well, yeah, dude. 24-hour response, having at least one product of everything on, on the shelf ready to go anytime. That's pretty cool. Well, back then, it was just me as well. Ooh. It was, uh, this was very early, early stages of Evo. And yeah, so I, the amount of times I went in that plant at sunup and didn't come out until sundown except for like lunch. Yeah. I mean, you lose all track of time in there because there's no windows. It was just a big <laughs> co like concrete box. Um, I mean that the amount of Saturdays and just, you know, late nights, uh, on the phone with Jeremy and oh, I can't remember who the other engineer was. And I spent a lot of time on the phone with, there were a couple names. Um, Corey that, Bowen. 
Oh, mm. at, they're at PDK. At, at them, yeah. PDK. Um, if you say it, I'll remember. Wow, dude, there's so many different guys. Is Jeremy still there? Jeremy's still there. Yeah, Jeremy's uh, he's a freaking stud. Yeah, shout out to Jeremy. He yeah. uh, he saved my butt out there multiple times. Just explain. I, I was still very new to access control at that yeah. point as well. So thankfully, a lot of the first doors were retrofit. Okay, so kind of helped me like get my feet wet and figure out like, okay, here's here's kind of how relays work and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and kind of understanding ProDataKey at a coming in from like no access experience from any other platform coming into pro data key it's really maybe kind of biased yeah it's, which is good i'll uh, take it <laughs> but it was that was probably the, one of the biggest things is a we we sold ourselves to them yeah it, it wasn't like hey you know pro data key is great because it is but it was like we give you a great system and we'll be great on the back end mm -hmm. and it was yeah it was a heck of a learning i mean it still is out there in idaho and they're always throwing something new at us and yeah. i'm sure we'll talk about that here in a little bit but in their last remodel i think they put uh it was like in the drawings in office for nick there yeah much time they, they should there. they should have <laughs> they should have that's awesome so with idaho and uh, how many how many different locations is it is it four or five corporate, corporate. louisville louisville r and i don't know if you want to count that was a separate yeah before. and a new office Three, there 330 and then uh, River Rupert. Road. Yeah. So okay. six to seven. Yeah. Six somewhere there. Seven. And they manage them all from their corporate headquarters. And then also each individual location has a basically plant safety, safety manager who manages yeah. everything there. And too. they've kind of consolidated it to one guy, Scott. You'll meet him later. Yeah. And, and he's kind of over all of the plants now as far as safety and security goes. Oh, cool. Yep. Right on. So with that, though, every one of these locations obviously has unique challenges or unique situations with it, right? And Absolutely. so I know when we were talking beforehand, it sounds like there's been a mixture of both Ethernet and WiMAC controllers, uh, different types of readers that are thrown in. Talk to me a little bit about that experience, about how you guys have gone about making sure that you guys are putting together the right situation for each location. So a lot of the WiMAC controllers are in the existing plant just because a running conduit would just absolutely kill the job cost. Uh, wire for that would kill the, like, you know, kill the cost of the door. Yeah. Uh, thankfully with as big as Idaho is, we have multiple uh, MCC rooms. Um, so originally we had started off just cause we weren't super well versed with ProDataKey. Um, and we had somehow heard the, heard the, the thing that it was only eight doors per cloud node. Except don't we don't weren't, we weren't schooled up well. <laughs> we, yeah, no. we, we had not <laughs> eight doors per cloud note. If anybody out there has ever heard that, learn rumor, from our mistake. It is not true. <laughs> so it cost us a lot of money at the beginning. Well, yeah, just we a lot, lot of, of headache. Just a lot of headache because then also I didn't know about pro config. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't. It's nothing on you guys. I mean, it should have been us asking better questions it was ultimately ultimately no we should we should we should have been asking better questions just just do it nick so these these poor guys had like four or five cloud notes in one plant wow so finally that's not correct the safety manager at the time was just like this sucks like i have to log into different areas like you know we had like the production area uh, we had raw receiving, we had Packaging. the ways plant, we had all this. And so he'd have to add these same users into another cloud node and then check, you know, four or five cloud nodes. If someone was terminated, it was awful. We got really good at navigating. Oh, oh yeah, man. I, I was, you that did. Was awesome. <laughs> so we finally, let's see, fast forward 2018, maybe 19. Uh, we had gone to the ProDataKey summit there in Utah. Yeah. And again, we were on lunch break and uh, Chet was off you know, doing his thing. And I was just kind of 
hanging out and I saw one of the engineers. And I was like, hey, you know, here's my chance. So I walked up to one of your engineers. Again, I can't remember his name. And I was like, hey, I've, I've got this issue. You know, what what can we do? Like, do you not know about the Ethernet gateway? I was like, the what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we need to condense these all into one. And he's like, yeah, you just need, you need this. He's like, basically act as a cloud node in a sense of they will talk back to this. He's like, and you need to pro config them to this because, of, or we'd already pro configed at that point because we got all the different cloud nodes. So mm -hmm. we finally learned about that. He's like, yeah. He's like, just put this in, pro config the chip inside the Ethernet controller or the Ethernet gateway and uh, replace it with a single door and your life will be good. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So, I mean, the Way nice thing is with a cloud node, we'd already had an Ethernet there. Yeah. We'd already had, you know, power close you, by you, you literally just had to swap one thing it was yeah and and then add a new controller in. right i mean it was yeah it at, made the experience so much better at the same summer i ran into another dealer from north carolina i believe mm -hmm. and i was talking to him about hey what's your biggest project and he's like oh we've got one company that has over a thousand doors and i was like holy cow how many cloud nodes he's like all on one yeah and i'm like in the same location he's like no but they're all on the same network I'm old. I'm 42. I'm a, I'm a uh, technology immigrant, if you will, right? <laughs> I wasn't born with it like Nick. Nick's 27, 28 years old. Borderline Zoomer. Yeah. yeah. And so I had no clue. And so when he's learning this from your people, I'm learning it from another guy. And I'm like, oh, man, we did this all wrong. Yeah. But the nice thing is there's a way to come back from it. For sure. That's really cool. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to go and check out each one of these locations and see what uh, what it looks like and, and how it all is all operating. So, yeah, ever since that, it is, I mean, it was, it was running fine with multiple cloud nodes because yeah. obviously signal strength was good between all of them and everything, but just the seamless, you know, one cloud node mm -hmm. for, you know, per, like we still do it per plant just because they are worried about VPN dropping and stuff like that. Yeah. We looked at it at one point and maybe it's some, I'm sure we'll revisit it or whenever you guys bust out the multi-site access that you're coming out with here pretty soon. Correct. Isn't there something about that, like merging them all together? I thought so. Tomorrow. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe I should read those PDK emails. <laughs> um, so, so that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So we had, with that, it it just made the experience so much better as for the installers. Because at that point, we did have a couple techs um, and just so much better for everyone managing the stuff there at Idaho. And I mean, it was a absolute game changer for, you know, whatever retail prices on those yeah. ways. I mean, it was... Yeah. That was the best money we ever spent. That's I think good. we even gave them to Idaho and just like, sorry. <laughs> sorry we uh, made you buy 15 cloud nodes. Bye. Yeah. Um, we're going to fix this. Yep. So, so that's awesome. Well, we I'm really excited to head over there here in a few minutes and start uh, start seeing it in person. We're going to go ahead and start filming it all, yeah. being able to show the world how PDK and Enterprise really works and how Enterprise really doesn't have to be difficult. Right? That's one of the big things is – when, when everybody's thinking about enterprise, right? So many people have a different definition of enterprise and a different expectation of it. But ultimately, when you when it comes down to it, enterprise is managing multiple locations or managing a ton of different people or managing a ton of different doors. Those are all the main things that build up an enterprise-style system, right? Yep. It doesn't have to be clunky and robust like oh. everybody else makes it, right? Correct. And yep. so that's ultimately what this case study is going to be showing is that Enterprise does not have to be difficult. You can still have a very easy uh, experience on the go to be able to manage all your sites, all your locations, and all of your doors. Yeah. And, and you'll see at the first site, we'll have over a million square feet just at this first site. Just at the first and, site? And three buildings. Which one? 
Louisville. Louisville. Yep. Between the the new offices R and D and the plant itself, there's Jeez. over a million square feet just there. And so, with that one being yeah. the biggest plant, wow. that was one of the last plants that we did outside of Rupert, which is very small. I think it was only like 26 or 27 doors. But Louisville, I mean, just going in, knowing like, all right, we're going to put a cloud node here. We're going to do the YMAC for just a little bit. We don't want to try to stretch it too far. And then mm -hmm. after that, you know, gateway here, gateway there. Yeah. I mean, that one I think has 60, 70 doors. Okay. And it's, I mean, obviously stuff happens. It's a facility that's just the plant itself i mean it's, it is what it is yeah i mean and just the amount of people you know i mean yeah. st stuff happens but for the most part it's you know now that we know exactly what's going on like we've planned it out after having these learning curves on the other plants i mean i'd say lewisville is probably not my favorite in terms of like how big it is and how much time we spent there it's but the like most impressive it it is the most impressive agreed like yeah. it's so so massive and it's and we still had a hiccup here there like they did a small like did a couple small changes and something like remodel inside and it killed our ymac oh yeah to one like yeah. one area so then we had to add in another gateway later yeah uh, and then there was like one lonely door that we had to put a a gateway on just because it was so far at the back like and it is a warehouse. It's open, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Lots it, of machinery inside. Well, all concrete. Thankfully, yeah. thankfully for that one, like in this this door itself, it's, it's all the pallets stacked up and everything with boxes of product. And, then, you know, you got your clear line of sight for forklift traffic and stuff. But every now and then we just teeter on and off. So, yeah, if we had to pull another extra pull, pull just for that one. But, you know, we knew how to do it. It's not, hey, we have to add a cloud node to the back of this right. plant house. So. Right. Just go and plug a network connection <laughs> in. You're good now, right? Exactly. Now it was, <laughs> hey, let's just, because, again, we were, a, a conduit would have just killed the cost oh, yeah. of that door. I mean, that would have been a. $5,000. Yeah, door. exactly. It would have Jeez. been through the roof yep. uh, just because it is so far back by itself. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you know, it's been, it's really been great, you know, just having this extra bit of knowledge, you know, thankfully a great backbone um of tech support shout out jeremy again <laughs> plug you um but yeah i mean just the amount of stuff we've done out there you know point to point access uh, point to point um access points to get network out to some detached stuff like a fire pump house uh some yeah. waste pumps and stuff like that i mean it's you know there's still a solution it's either a we put a gateway or there's like oh one door then we'll just pull an ethernet off of you know that the other access point put it into the controller get it network and guess what it just runs even though it's completely detached that's it's awesome. so awesome it is man. that's I love great it. yeah right on well there guys there you go that is going to be that's a little teaser for the upcoming idaho and case study be watching for that it's going to be dropping in a few weeks so uh hope you guys are as excited about it as i am so we're going to go ahead over there right now but thank you guys a ton for first coming on to this week's episode of the big access hey, podcast yeah, and absolutely. thank you guys for tuning in if you guys have not already done so be sure to subscribe to this podcast give it a five-star rating and if you have any questions or want to learn anything in particular let us know and we're going to go ahead and get you taken care of thank you guys we will see you next week